This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. But, um, it's a very beautiful, beautiful verse. The whole, the whole um, chapter that you can't but meditate on it again and again, especially as you read it in other other translations. It becomes even more more beautiful. Praise God. So in Ephesians chapter, so in Ephesians chapter two. That's where you see or see this um, verse. But let's read from verse, verse 1. First, I want to say, um, make it absolutely clear that we are yet to scratch the importance of, of what Jesus has done. You know, um, he has brought us into another world. But as long as we occupy ourselves always with um, the oceans of canality, we will not be able to reach and touch the, the dry land of heaven. If you understand, because like um, the earthly world is like we live in an ocean surrounded by the waves. And if we do not, if we consistently always drink from the waters of this world, it would seem as though God has not done anything. And that's why some see you praying, some see you attending fellowship, and they're asking, what is it, sir? What is there? Because they, they see, they are too normal. They see things through um, um for the flesh, they, 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 they feel too much the weight of humanity and the weight of the systems of this world. But Jesus has done a new thing. And even if it does not look like it, he has done it. And one of the regrets that many Christians would have when we get to heaven is to see the one they loved, to see the land in which they brought, that to which he brought them into, but yet they lived their own way. It's not that they'll go to hell. They'll go to heaven, of course. We are saved by grace and by faith in him. But it should be as though we are just substituted brass, you know, for gold. We didn't live the fullness of, of the life he has given unto us. I know one of the, the best ways to show appreciation is to use what has been given unto you. You know, to use eternal life. That's why the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord. It's an instruction. God, God has given us a gift of his spirit. He has given us a gift of his son. He has given us a gift of his word. He wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to, to live not just our life to the full, but to live the eternal life to the full. And we, we owe him a debt. And that's how we are debtors. We are debtors to live fully. I once said one thing, that the abuse of God's grace is the underuse of it. It's not, it's, not when, it's not when you are sinning. It's when you abstain from communion. Because Jesus has brought us into God's courts. He has brought us into a new place. And when we have these incons- inconsistent visitations to, um, to the courts of heaven, whether in our prayers, in our fellowship, it's an abuse of the communion. It's an abuse of grace because we are underusing it. Hallelujah. And I pray that the Holy Ghost opens our eyes to see how much God has prepared, you know, how much he has prepared on the table which he has set before us. I read something in, I read something today about two types of monarchy, you know, and um, the recent, uh, the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, she's what we call a parliamentary monarchy, right? Um, She doesn't have too much authority over over England. And that's why um, recently this argument of whether 
she was responsible for colonization. There was this argument going on online, and I tried, people tried to explain that she was a ceremonial, um, to, to a ceremonial monarchy. In England, England is governed by the prime minister. However, her opinions are politely and patiently heard. Do you understand? But in other countries, there's what we call an absolute monarchy, where the king is the head of states. He determines the law of the land. He is in charge of everything, like you have in many Middle Eastern nations. So, but most of us, we treat Jesus as a ceremonial monarchy, where, well, he's king of our lives. We believe in him. When he, when he has a when he has an opinion on something, I listen, you understand, but I'll do things my own way. I bow when I want. Every Christmas, I show some remorse. Every Easter, I put my attention. I pray when I'm in trouble. We treat him as a ceremonial king. But you see, Jesus is Lord. He's the monarch of the universe. He's Lord. He's the king of our lives. And, you know, until we submit our lives to his lordship, it will seem as though he doesn't exist. Do you understand? And many Christians are living in that quagmire where there's faith in their hearts, but it just seems like Jesus is, is a figure of history. But let me tell you something. Jesus is living. He's alive. He's Lord. His presence is real. And this is the essence of spiritual growth, that, that, that we push forward to know him. Paul says that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You know, to know his presence, to know his beauty, to know what he smells like, to feel his presence daily, to walk with him. Hallelujah, praise God. And so these are these, these, these are the essence of these meetings, of a call to prayer, a call to Bible study. And um, and basically all that we do, they should not be taken for granted. They should not be taken for granted. And also, we who, we who listen, uh, we should learn to invite people into God's presence. So this is a call also in our personal life. When you go to church, don't just watch as people live their lives listlessly without the power of God, without the presence of God. If you know Christians who are not going to church, you know, pray them in. You know, pray them in, invite them in, show love and concern, ask God to bring them in. If you know others who aren't saved, pray for their salvation because Jesus has done a mighty work. He has done something wonderful, praise God. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, um, where this, where our, our, our title is, um, the, of, this, of, the, of the series is... Um, comes from it's um, Paul's letter to a church in Ephesus, right? It's a letter to a church in Ephesus, and um, I don't know if I should start from verse one. Let me start from verse one because it's a beautiful read. Just listen. So Ephesians chapter chapter one, he says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Verse 4, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, 
and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And these are things that we should read and say. These are things we should read and say. They form our identity. He has showered. He's not about to. He's, he will not. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. We have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. He chose me in advance. He chose Laolu in advance. He chose during, during in advance. I'm not a stranger to him. I'm not an accident. I am proposed in his sight. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, God's purpose was that, that we Jews, who are the first, I explained this yesterday, who are the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. And how did, he, how did he do that? By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Then Paul then prays for them. He says, ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people, who, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Amen. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he speaks of how Jesus, God, after Jesus had fulfilled all the requirements of the law, all the requirements needed to pay for, for man's righteousness, he was found guiltless. He remained righteous even in death. There was no sin in him. And because of that, he was raised from the dead and he was seated at the right hand of God. And the right hand of God there is not, it's not right hand does not mean, it's not a geographical position. It's a figure of speech, meaning at the pla um, a place of authority. A place of authority, a place of authority, a place of friendship, a place of honor, a place of regard. A place of regard, a place of exaltation, a height, 
you know, where somebody is to be respected in a great way. That's the right hand of God, that Jesus was put there. And he was put there, when he was put there, we were, put, we were in him at the same time. Now, Paul goes on to say, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. Now, listen, this, this is it. He says he has done that for the benefit of the church. What is he saying? What he's saying, the church there, the Greek word means um, ecclesia. It means an assembly or a congregation or a parliament, right? So uh, in those days in the Greek, when you have a Greek parliament, we call it the ecclesia. So the church, the, the, the Christians around the world, we are called the assembly of those who believe. So he's saying that God did this for the ecclesia, for the assembly, for all of us who believe who believe in Jesus Christ, the, the church, the Christians. So what he's saying is, since Christ is the fullness of all of us, when he sat down, we all sat down. So meaning, God's promotion of Jesus was for us. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He did, he did it for us. Jesus didn't need it. He was always God. He was always the great one, the king of kings, the high and exalted one. He didn't need any extra one. But this one was done for our sake. Hallelujah. So, so he did this for the church, and the church is his body. The church is his body, his essence. So we are his essence. So where he goes, we go. There's a song that Kim Walker sang. Um, I think is where you go, I'll go. Where you, and where you stay, I'll stay. When you pray, I pray. You understand? Where you go, I'll go. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I stay. Like when he moves, we move. Hallelujah. There's a song also, wonderful song I, I, I heard some time ago. And it says, um, 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 Since power over me is broken, for when Jesus, for, for where Jesus went, I went. And where he goes, I go. Since power over me, he's broken. So where he goes, we go. So he says, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now, this is where our, our um, text came from. Then Paul then goes on in chapter two. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil who is the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when Christ, when he raised Christ from the dead. Do you understand? He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So all that was happening in Jesus' body, all that he went through, you know, it was a template for us. It was just copy and paste. We can put ourselves in there. Hallelujah. When he died, he died. when he was buried, we were buried. Paul says, he says, now that, he says, reckon yourself now dead to sins. Hallelujah. Do you understand? So everything he did was credited to our account. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody said one time, I was having a discussion with Michael and I said, I said, do you know that I paid for my sins? And he says, no, no, Jesus paid for you. I said, no, this is how it is. Let me explain. 
when he paid, he gave me the receipt. And the receipt of his payment is his spirit. Do you understand? When somebody pays for you, pays a ticket for you, right, or gives you money to, to go get lunch, and you go to the restaurant and you see, and you, you, the, the waiter comes and brings the bill. When that, if that money was paid into your account, you don't say, am I paying with the money my friend sends to me? That information is of no use to the waiter. You are saying, I'm paying. Do you understand? So righteousness was credited to our account. Hallelujah. His sinlessness has become mine. Praise God. Do you understand? So everything he did, he did for us. And everything that God decorated him with, it was for us. Now the Bible says here, he says he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us, he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. United there is not, it doesn't mean joined together. It means one. Ah, these are old words and they can be very confusing. No, united means one. You are one because we are one with Christ Jesus or you are the same with Christ Jesus. Do you understand? Now, this is not, this is, is, it, is this taking God's glory? Oh, yes. Of course, that's the plan. Now, is it taking God's glory? Oh, of course it is. That was God's plan. He was always going to share his glory with us. Now, what would be pride is if we are saying these things that, oh, we are righteous on our own. What we say is, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been raised together with Christ. In him, I am. Do you understand? That's how we that's, that's how we do it. But you see, he has chosen to share his glory with us. Now, let's open to, um, that's what this, Let me open to the verse where he says, um, I will not give my glory to another. That's Isaiah 42, verse 8. And let's read further down that verse. And let me explain that to you, to show you that God actually wanted to give his glory to another. He's a funny person. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. His glory is his spirit. Eh? His glory is not his reputation, not his mark. It's not what he has earned. <laughs> you cannot even mark a God. Or he cannot, he cannot put him on the Forbes list. His <laughs> righteousness himself, his perfection. Isaiah chapter 42. Um, but anyway, that's what God has done. That, that, was, that was always the plan, to share his spirit with us. The Bible says that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. He also says that Jesus was raised from the dead by the spirit of holiness. So the glory of the Father is the Holy Spirit who he has given us all. Praise God. So now this is where our text is, that God has caused us to sit with Christ in the heavenly realms because we are one with Jesus Christ. The seven now says, so that God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are one with Christ Jesus. Like we are advertisements of God's grace and kindness. Hallelujah. We are examples of, we are proofs of his grace and kindness. Hallelujah. 
Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for, for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Now, you see where it's coming from. The masterpiece is, we, we say this as a good thing, I'm, God, I'm beautiful, I'm God's masterpiece. But he's, he's coming from previous verses where God is saying that, he made us sit with Christ in heavenly places so that he can point to us and say, this is my handiwork. This is a proof. This is a show of my grace. This is a, this is a demonstration of my grace and person. God is using us to write about himself, about who he is. So people can read us and say, oh, wow, God is gracious and kind. So he's saying that this is God's invention. Do you understand? This is God's masterpiece. There was a song somebody sang, um, rather a remix of the song. And we, I, I, I like it so much. The, the song that says, um, Oh Lord, my um, oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars, I I hear the rolling thunder, thy path throughout the universe displayed. Now the author of this song is saying that I see the stars and the rolling thunder as a proof of God's handiwork. But this pastor changed the lyrics to sound like this. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the church, I see the new creation, thy powerful the universe displayed. So we are we are the we are the pinnacle of God's creation. We are his masterpiece. How he was able to unite himself with his man. He united himself with us and made us sit, as in this is me, six foot four, me who is full of errors and who can be as stubborn as a goat. He made me sit with him in the heavenly places. He rid me of my sins. I know how tired I am sometimes. I know how weak I can be. I know my frailties. But the Bible says he made me sit with Christ in the heavenly places. And it will point to you and say, look at Laulu. He's a proof of my grace. Hallelujah. So we are the, uh, that's the point of we've been seated in heaven. It's, it's, like, it's like an arrangement of his trophies. Hallelujah. He's the greatest of his works. Hallelujah. And this he proved by giving us his spirit. You see, the more we understand these things, the more we, we, we sometimes you wonder, why go into such depth to explain like this? Listen, you see, heaven, heaven the light of heaven, gravitates towards the soul that longs for, for his truth. The more we understand our right in Christ, all of heaven just comes down. It seems close. It seems like you can touch the power of God. That's why on Sundays like this, we take time out to talk about salvation and go deeply. Do you understand? It's not because we have, I wish we would, I wish, and I pray that God gives me the open door for, to have meetings where it's, it's, it's a physical meeting and we are spending hours talking about these things, you will literally feel the gap between heaven and earth reduce. You like put your hands up and you, it's like you're touching the clouds of glory. Because the more we talk about Jesus and his works, the more it is evident in our spirits. These are miracles happened. Do you understand? When we talk about the gospel, when we go deep into the core of our faith, that's when the powers of heaven are activated. Amen. These, those are the purposes of these meetings. And that's why people, when we read on the podcast, 
they might be exegetical, they might be boring, they might look like too much of, of um, theology and exegesis, but take time out to listen. You would grow fast. You will grow towards heaven. Hallelujah. Let's begin to thank God for all he has done. Let's begin to pray and give praise to his holy name as we as we almost do. Let's pray. Thank you, blessed Father. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your beautiful word. We thank you that we thank you for the honor and privilege to read these holy truths and to know that they belong to us and that they are for our comfort and for our learning, that we, for the patience and comfort of scriptures, you know, might have faith, might have hope. Hallelujah. I pray for us this week, that this week we tread upon serpents and upon scorpions. Indeed, we prove that we are raised far above principalities and powers. And we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ, set with him in heavenly places, where Satan has dominion over us. So from this point, we crush snakes and serpents of infirmity and sickness and disease and oppression. We cause every troubling of the soul and of the mind, every, every, everything that harasses our peace, that threatens our peace, which you have given us by your spirit. And we speak against it in the name of Jesus Christ. We also speak life upon life. We speak grace to our days in Jesus' name.